0: You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Ancient Rome was a thriving civilization that began growing on the Italian peninsula as early as the 8th century. BC. Located along the Mediterranean Sea and centered on the city of Rome, it expanded to become one of the largest empires in the ancient world. In its approximately 12 centuries of existence, Roman civilization shifted from a monarchy to an aristocratic republic to an increasingly autocratic empire. Through conquests and assimilation, it came to dominate Southern Europe, Western Europe, Asia Minor, North Africa, and parts of Eastern Europe. Rome was preponderant throughout the Mediterranean region and was one of the most powerful entities of the ancient world. It often grouped into classical antiquity together with ancient Greece and their similar cultures and societies are known as the Greco-Roman world. The Romans are still remembered today, including names such as Julius Caesar, Cicero, and Augustus. Ancient Roman society contributed greatly to government, politics, warfare, art, literature, architecture, technology, religion, and language in the Western world. a civilization highly developed for its time Rome professionalized and greatly expanded its military and created a system of government called res publica the inspiration for some modern republics such as the United States and France it achieved impressive technological and architectural feats such as the construction of extensive systems of aqueducts and roads as well as large monuments, palaces and public facilities. By the end of the Republic Rome had conquered the lands around the Mediterranean and beyond. Its domain extended from the Atlantic to Judea and from the mouth of the Rhine to North Africa. The Roman Empire emerged under the leadership of Augustus Caesar. Under Trajan, the empire reached its territorial peak. Republican mores and traditions started to decline during the imperial period, with civil wars becoming a common ritual for a new emperor's rise. Plagued by internal instability and attacked by various migrating peoples, the western part of the empire broke up into independent kingdoms in the 5th century. This splintering is a landmark historians use to divide the ancient period of universal history from the pre-medieval Dark Ages of Europe. The Eastern Roman Empire survived this crisis and was governed from Constantinople after the division of the Empire. It comprised Greece, the Balkans, Asia Minor, Syria, and Egypt. Despite the later loss of Syria and Egypt to the Arab Islamic Empire, the Eastern Roman Empire continued for another millennia, until its remnants were finally annexed by the emerging Turkish Ottoman Empire. This Eastern, Christian, medieval stage of the empire is usually called the Byzantine Empire by historians. According to the founding myth of Rome, the city was founded on 21 April 753 B.C. by twin brothers Romulus and Remus, who descended from the Trojan prince Aeneas and who were grandsons of the Latin king Numitor of Alba Longa. King Numitor was disposed from his throne by his brother, Emilius, while Numitor's daughter, Rhea Silvia, gave birth to the twins. Because Rhea Silvia was impregnated by Mars, the Roman god of war, the twins were considered half-divine. The new king feared Romulus and Remus would take back the throne so he ordered them drowned. A she-wolf or a shepherd's wife in some accounts saved and raised them and when they were old enough they returned to the throne of Alba Longa to Numitor.
1: The twins
0: then founded their own city, but Romulus killed his brother Remus in a quarrel over the location of the Roman kingdom. Though some sources state the quarrel was about who was going to rule or give his name to the city. Romulus became the source of the city's name. In order to attract people to the city, Rome became a sanctuary for the indignant, exiled, and unwanted. This caused a problem for Rome, which had a large workforce, but was lacking of women. Romulus traveled to the neighboring towns and tribes and attempted to secure marriage rights. But as Rome was so full of undesirables, they all refused. Legend says that the Latins invited the Sabines to the festival and stole their unmarried maidens, leading to the integration of the Latins and the Sabines. Another legend, recorded by Greek historians Dionysus of Halicarnassus, says that Prince Aeneas led a group of Trojans on a sea voyage to found a new Troy since the original was destroyed in the outcome of the Trojan War. After a long time in rough seas they landed at the banks of the Tiber River. Not long after they had landed, the men wanted to take to sea again, but the women who were traveling with them did not want to leave. One woman, named Roma, suggested that the women burn the ships out at sea to prevent them from leaving. At first, The men were angry with Roma, but they soon realized that they were in the ideal place to settle. They named the settlement after the woman who torched the ships. The Roman poet Virgil recounted this legend on his classical epic poem Aeneid. In the Aeneid, the Trojan prince Aeneas was destined by the gods in his enterprise of founding of a new Troy. In the epic, the women also refused to go back to sea, but they were not left on their own on the Tiber. After reaching Italy, Aeneasus, who wanted to marry Lavinia, was forced to wage war and with her former suitor, Turnus. According to this poem, the Alban kings were descended from Aeneasus, and thus Romulus, the founder of Rome, was his descendant. The city of Rome grew from settlements around a ford on the River Tiber, a crossroads of traffic and trade. According to the archaeological evidence, the village of Rome was probably founded sometime in the 8th century B.C., though it may go back as far as the 10th century B.C.
1: by members of the Latin tribe of Italy on the top of the Palatine Hill.
0: The Etruscans, who had previously settled to the north in Etruria, seemed to have established political control in the region by the late 7th century B.C., forming the aristocratic and monarchial elite. The Etruscans apparently lost power in the area by the late 6th century B.C., And at this point, the original Latin and Sabine tribes reinvented their government by creating a republic with much greater restraints on the ability of rulers to exercise power. Roman tradition and archeological evidence point to a complex within the forum Romanium as the seat of power for the king and the beginnings of the religious center there as well. Numa Pompilius was the second king of Rome, succeeding Romulus. He began Rome's great building projects with his royal palace, the Regia, and the complex of the Vestal Virgins. According to tradition, and later writers such as Livy, the Roman Republic was established around the year 509 B.C., when the last of the seven kings of Rome, Tarquin the Proud, was deposed by Lucius Junus Brutus, and a system based on annually elected magistrates and various representative assemblies was established. A constitution set a series of checks and balances and a separation of powers. The most important magistrates were the two councils who together exercised executive authority as Imperium or Military Command. The consuls had to work with the Senate which was initially an advisory council of the ranking nobility or patricians but grew in size and power. Other magistrates in the Republic included tribunes, Ediles, praetors, and censors. The magistries were origin- originally restricted to patricians, but were later opened up to common people or plebeians. Republican voting assemblies, including the Comitia Centuridata or Centuriate Assembly, which voted on matters of war and peace, and elected men to the most important offices, and the Commedia Trubata, Tribal Assembly, which elected less important offices. In the fourth century BC, Rome had come under the attack of the Gauls. The Gauls until that time, had only extended to the Po Valley in the Italian peninsula. The Gauls had been penetrating deep into Eutrea, so the Romans decided to join in on the melee. With Eutrea completely gone, the Gauls continued their advance south, which led them into a fight with the Romans. On July 16, 390 B.C., a Gallic army under the leadership of a tribal chieftain named Brennus met the Romans on the banks of a small Alia River just ten miles north of Rome. Brennus defeated the Romans. Afterwards, the Gauls marched directly into Rome. Most Romans had fled the city. Those who were capable of fighting barricaded themselves upon the Capitoline Hill for a last stand. The Gauls looted and burned the city, then laid siege to Capitoline Hill. The siege lasted seven months. The Gauls then agreed to compromise peace. The Romans were forced to pay the Gauls 1,000 pounds of gold. According to legend, the Roman general supervising the weighing noticed that the Gauls were using false scales. The Romans then took up arms and drove the Gauls back. And then an army led by Camillus defeated the Gauls, and he said, With iron, not with gold, Rome buys her freedom. The Romans gradually subdued the other peoples on the Italian peninsula, including the attricians the last threat to Roman Hegemony in Italy came when tertum a major Greek colony enlisted the aid of Pyrus of Epirus in 281 BC but this effort failed as well the Romans secured their conquests by founding Roman colonies in strategic areas, establishing stable control over the region of Italy. In the third century BC, Rome had to face a new and formidable opponent, Carthage. Carthage was a rich, flourishing Phoenician city-state that intended to dominate the Mediterranean area. Rome and Carthage were allies in the times of Pyrrhus, who was a menace for both cities. But with Rome's hegemony in mainland Italy, and the Carthaginian Thalacrossese, the these cities were the two major powers in the western Mediterranean, a signal of imminent war. The First Punic War began in 264 BC, when the city of messana asked for Carthage's help in dealing with Hero II of Syracuse. After the Carthaginian intercession, Massana asked Rome to expel the Carthaginians. Rome entered this war because Syracuse and Massana were too close of the newly conquered Greek cities of Southern Italy and Carthage was now able to make an offensive through Roman territory. Along with this fact, Rome could also extend its domain over Sicily. Although the Romans had experience in land battles, to defeat this new enemy, naval battles were necessary. Carthage was a maritime power and the Roman lack of ships and naval experience would make the path to the victory harsh for the Roman Republic. Despite this, after more than 20 years of war, Rome finally defeated Carthage and a peace treaty was signed. Among the reasons for the second Punic War was the subsequent war reparations Carthage acquiesced to at the end of the First Punic War. The Second Punic War is famous for its brilliant generals on the Punic side Hannibal and Hasdrubal and the Romans had Marcellus Fabius Maximus Scipio Africanus Rome faced this war simultaneously with the first Macedonian war it was fighting two different wars two different enemies on two different fronts The outbreak of the war was the audacious invasion of Italy led by Hannibal son of Hamilcar Barca the Carthaginian general who was in charge of Sicily in the First Punic War Hannibal rapidly marched through Hispania And the Alps. This invasion caused panic in the cities, and the only way to deflect Hannibal's intentions was to delay him in small battles. The strategy was led by Fabius Maximus, who would be nicknamed Cuncator or Delayer in Latin. And until this day, it is called the Fabian strategy. Due to Fabian strategy, Hannibal's goal was unachieved. He could not bring Italian cities to revolt against Rome, and as his army diminished after every battle, he lacked machines and manpower to besiege Rome. Hannibal's invasion lasted over 16 years by ravaging the supplies of the Italian cities and fields. When the Romans perceived that his supplies were running out, they invaded the unprotected Carthage and forced Hannibal to go back to that city. On his return, he faced the Roman Scipio who had defeated his brother Hasdrubal. The result of this confrontation was the end of the Second Punic Wars in the famous Battle of Zama in October 2002, 202 BC, which gave to the Roman Scipio his agnomen, Africanus. Rome's final debut was of many deaths but also of resounding gains. The conquest of Hispania by Scipio and of Syracuse. The last Greek realm in Sicily by the Roman Marcellus. more than half a century after these events Carthage was humiliated and Rome was no more concerned about the African menace the republic's focus now was was only to the Hellenistic kingdoms of Greece and the revolts in Hispania however Carthage after having paid the war indemnity felt that its commitments and submission to Rome had ceased, a vision not shared by the Roman Senate. In the year 151 BC Numidia invaded Carthage and after asking for Roman help ambassadors were sent to Carthage among them was Marcus Porcius Cato, who, after seeing that Carthage could make a comeback and regain its importance, ended all his speeches, no matter what the subject was, by saying, Centrio Censio Carthagium esse delendum." Furthermore, I think that Carthage must be destroyed. As Carthage fought with Numidia without Roman consent, Rome declared war against Carthage in 149 B.C. Carthage resisted well at the first strike of Rome with the participation of all the inhabitants of the city. However, Carthage could not withstand the attack of the Roman Scipio Aemilianus, who entirely destroyed the city and its walls, enslaved and sold all the citizens and gained control of that region, which became the province of Africa and thus ending the Punic War period. All these wars resulted in Rome's first overseas conquests of Sicily, Hispania, and Africa and the rise of Rome as a significantly imperial power. After defeating the Macedonians and the Ciclid empires in the second century BC. The Romans became the dominant people of the Mediterranean Sea. The conquest of the Hellenistic kingdoms provoked a fusion between Roman and Greek cultures. And the Roman elite, who were once rural, became a luxurious and cosmopolitan one. By this time Rome was a consolidated empire. In the military view, it had no major enemies. Foreign dominance led to internal strife. Senators became rich at the province's expense, but soldiers who were mostly small-scale farmers, were away from home longer and could not maintain their land, and the increased reliance on foreign slaves and the growth of Latifundia reduced the availability of paid work. Income from war booty, mercantilism in the new provinces, and tax farming created new economic opportunities for the wealthy forming a new class of merchants the equestrians the Lex Claudia forbade members of the Senate from engaging in commerce so while the equestrians could theoretically join the Senate They were severely restricted in political power. The Senate squabbled perpetually, repeatedly blocking important land reforms and refusing to give the equestrian class a larger say in government. Violent gangs of the urban unemployed controlled by rival senators intimidated the electorate through violence. The situation came to a head in the late second century BC under the Gracchi brothers. A pair of tribunes who attempted to pass land reform legislation that would redistribute the major patrician landholdings among the plebeians Not surprisingly, both brothers were killed and the Senate passed reforms reversing the Gracchi brothers' actions. This led to a growing divide between the plebeian groups and the equestrian classes. Gaius Marius, a novice homo. He started his political career with the help of the powerful Matelli and soon became a leader of the Republic, holding the first of his seven consulships in 107 BC by arguing that his former patron, Quintus Cecilius Metallus Numidicus, was not able to defeat and capture the Numidian King Jugurtha. Marais then started his military reform. In his recruitment to fight Jugurtha, he levied very poor men and many landless men to enter the army. This was the seed of securing loyalty of the army to the general in command. At this time, Marius began his quarrel with Lucius Cornelius Sulla. Marius, who wanted to capture Jugurtha, asked Bocchus, son-in-law Jugurtha, to hand him over to the Romans. As Marius failed, Sulla, a legate of Marius at the time, went to Bocchus himself in a dangerous enterprise. And convinced Bocchus to hand Jugurtha over to him. This was very provocative to Marius, since many of his enemies were encouraging Sulla to oppose Marius. Despite this, Marius was elected for five consecutive consulships from 104 to 100 BC, because Rome needed a military leader to defeat the Cimbri and the Teotones who were threatening Rome. After Marius's retirement, Rome had a brief peace, which was broken due to the assassination of the reformist Marcus Livus Drusus, and this triggered the social war. This war was caused when the Italian Socii, or allies in Latin, revolted against the Romans, as they were not entitled to Roman citizenship and voting rights. This brought Marcius back to the military and political fore, because after the deaths of the consuls, he was appointed to command the army together with Lucius Julius Caesar and Sulla. By the end of the social war, the partisans of Marius and Sulla were in conflict, both sides jostling for power. In 88 BC, Sulla was elected for his first consulship and his first assignment was to defeat Mithridates of Pontus, whose intentions were to conquer the eastern part of the Roman territories. However, Marius Partisans managed his installation to the military command, defying Sulla and the Senate, and this caused Sulla's wrath. To consolidate his own power, Sulla conducted a surprising and illegal action. He marched to Rome with his legions, killing all those who showed support for Marius's cause and impaling their heads in the Roman forum. In the following year, 87 BC, Marius who had fled at Sulla's march, came back to Rome while Sulla was campaigning in Greece. He seized power along with a consul, Lucius Cornelius Cinna and killed the other consul, Gnaeus Octavius, achieving to his seventh consulship. In an attempt to raise Sulla's anger, Marius and Cinna revenged their partitions conducting a massacre, the Marian Massacre, and having impaled the heads of Sulla's supporters, as earlier Publis Siculus Rufus was impaled similarly by Sulla
1: on the rostrum.
0: Marius died in 86 B.C. due to his advanced age and poor health just a few months after seizing power. Cinna then exercised absolute power until his death in 84 B.C. Sulla, after returning from his eastern campaigns, had a free path to re-establish his own power In 83 BC, he made his second march in Rome and started a more sanguinary time of terror. Thousands of nobles, thousands of knights and senators were executed. Sulla also held two dictatorships and one more consulship, which established the crisis and decline of the Roman Republic. In the mid first century BC, the city of Rome was in a restless period. After Marius's fall, the populace was lacking populist leaders, and the men who were in Rich at Sulla's time, urged for a new absolute leader who would delegate power and opportunities to them. The latter group supported the Cantilinearian conspiracy, a resounding failure, since the council Marcus Tullus Cicero quickly arrested and executed the main leaders of the conspiracy. At this time, the strife between the populars and in the optimates increased, and they each wanted a strong new man to lead the Roman Republic, with some internal opposition to this in the optimates' party, namely Caesario and Cato the Younger. Into this turbulent scenario emerged the figure of a very popular politician, Gaius Julius Caesar. Caesar became the symbol of ancient Rome, and his name became synonymous with glory, boldness, geniality, and power. Caesar having a fami- familiar bond with Marius, his aunt Julia was Marius' wife, rebuilt the Marian party, which had been humiliated and drastically reduced after Sulla's term in office, and was able to count upon its support. To achieve power, Caesar reconciled the two more powerful men in Rome, Marcus Licinius Crassus, his sponsor, and Crassus's rival Pompeius Magnus. With this new li- alliance, these three men had satisfied the interests of all. Crassus the richest man in Rome, became richer. Pompey exerted more influence in the Senate, and Caesar held consulship and military command in Gaul. In 53 BC, these three political party, the triumvirate, disintegrated at Crassius' death. Crassius had acted as a mediator between Caesar and Pompey, and without him, the two generals began to fight for power. After being victorious in several battles in the Gallic Wars, and earning respect and praise from the legions, Caesar was a clear menace to Pompey. Confident that Caesar would be stopped by legal means, Pompey tried to remove Caesar's legions. Caesar resisted because Pompey would gain absolute power. To avoid this, Caesar crossed the Rubicon River and invaded Rome in the year. 49 B.C. Caesar pursued Pompey and destroyed all of the optimat leaders: Metellus Scipio, Cato the Younger, and Pompey's son, Gnaeus Pompeius. Pompey was murdered in Egypt in 48 B.C after his escape from Rome during the battle of Pharsalus which was a brilliant victory for Caesar. With his sole preeminence over Rome in the years between the crossing of the Rubicon and his assassination Caesar was granted many offices. Before a term had ended Caesar was granted another one. In just 5 years, he held 4 consulships, 2 ordinary dictatorships, and 2 special dictatorships, one for 10 years and another for perpetuity. He was married, he was murdered in the year 44 BC in the Ides of March by the liberators. Caesar's assassination caused political and social turmoil in Rome. Without the dictator's leadership, the city was ruled by his friend and colleague, Mark Anthony. soon afterward, Octavius, whom Caesar adopted through his will, arrived in Rome. Octavian, historians regard Octavius as Octavian due to the Roman naming conventions, tried to align himself with the Caesarian factions. In 43 B.C., along with Antoni and Marcus Aemilius Lepidius, Caesar's best friend, he legally established the Second Triumvirate. This alliance would last for five years. Upon its formation, 130 to 300 senators were executed, and their property was confiscated due to their supposed support for the liberators. Your journey is now ending. leaving the sapphire planet.